It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to Breakfast with Ozzy. Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA impact zone with one of those metal detector wands. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the air guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cunt on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Hey, what's up everyone? August 1st, 2018 Welcome to this edition of Breakfast with Blasi I am Don, Tony, and can you believe we're already in August? I know you have heard it many times over the years, but this year especially, the time is flying by so fast. And the last bunch of years, it feels like Groundhog Day. It feels like what transpires during the year, the same thing has happened over and over and over and over. And I'm not actually complaining, but it does feel like things are repetitious quite a bit. But you know what? I'm still here. You're still here. And that's all that matters, right? And I really mean that. Now, two things I want to let you all know right off the bat. One, I don't think it's going to affect the shows in any way. The second one, May. Uh, yours truly is going on vacation from August 23rd to August 26th. Um, been with the girlfriend for six years. Other than going to a hotel spa for two nights on our one-year anniversary, we've never gone away. And we're actually not going too far. We're going to Connecticut. So I should be back on Monday, uh, August 27th, for the DTKCU show as regularly scheduled. So I don't think any issues there. But I've been planning this for a while and, you know, just trying to figure out schedule. And, you know, I, I was at the doctor's this morning. September 21st, which is a Friday, Yours truly is going in for spinal surgery. I had spinal surgery in November 2011. There's been a couple of little issues here and there. It's been building up for the last couple of years. One of the reasons why I haven't done video blogs sooner and doing more behind the computer is because, yeah, you know, I got a lot of bad pain in my back. 
and it's really my spine and I'm going in for a surgery. Will it prevent me from doing the following Monday's DTKC show, September 24th? I don't know. Will it affect the following Wednesday's Breakfast of Blasi, September 26th? I don't know. But I'm just giving you all a heads up right now just in case I can't appear that week. So we'll see when it gets a little bit closer. Now, as far as today's episode, this episode is going to be brief. This past Monday, if you have not heard it yet, bravo to Mish. Thank you, Mish. We had a ball Monday night. We truly did. What, three and a half hours of uh, the breakfast soup edition of the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show. And I know, as I said on Monday, a lot of you have heard Mish and I do an episode of DTKC before, but Breakfast Soup is a show we do on Patreon. It's a combination of wrestling soup and Breakfast with Blasi. We don't always get in into topics about wrestling. Sometimes we'll spend 20 minutes on a particular topic, and we had a great Breakfast Soup edition of DTKC Show Monday. Now, this coming Monday, I will be off. August 6th, I will not be on. To give you another sample of what we do on Patreon, this coming Monday, Kevin Castle will be bringing his solo show, Castle Chronicles, to Monday night. So for everyone out there that's always wanted to hear a Castle Chronicles or a Kevin Castle solo show, Monday you're going to get a, a sample of what his flagship solo show is all about on Patreon. So look out for that on Monday. I'll return the following Monday normally scheduled time and everything. So now as far as wrestling news, look, Mish and I on Monday, we were doing this show till two 30 in the morning. So we're not even 40 hours since that show ended. So not a whole lot has transpired since then. I do want to add a couple of comments to a discussion we had on Monday and look, Kudos to everybody who actually listened to the conversation Mish and I had about the tragic death of Brian Lawler, how we looked at the similarities and the differences, how, you know, Ric Flair handled his son, Reed, and how Jerry Lawler handled his son, Brian. And unfortunately, even though they handled it completely different, the outcome was the same. It leaves you with a lot of questions. Do I help my son no matter what? Do I let him hit rock bottom? There is no perfect answer to that because some people, you know, can't handle rock bottom. Some people can't even handle a small little detour in the road of their life. You look at the snowflake term. I'm not calling anybody snowflakes right now. But when you hear the term snowflake and see you know, how that is blown up to be, you know, almost like a regular word people use when you hear safe spaces, when you hear that people get, you know, like all bent out of shape because somebody wrote the word Trump in crayons on a sidewalk. I mean, if you get really bent out of shape over things like that, you might not be able to handle big time <laughs> obstacles in your life. So there is no perfect answer to help someone, you know, when they keep repeatedly getting in trouble, when they get always getting in trouble. But I want to just add this to it. You know, Monday we talked about New Jack's Twitter rant on Jerry Lawler, Brian Lawler, and 
you know, 98% of you out there understood what I was saying. Not everybody agreed with what I said, but you understood what my point was. Now, unfortunately, there were some people out there that interpreted what I said as, how could you defend New Jack? How could you defend this? How could you defend that? And honestly, I'm going to reiterate something that I said on Monday night. It is not a PC answer. It is not fear of New Jack. It is not support of New Jack. All I'm saying, and I said this on Monday, is that I'm not black. All right. Have I been uh, uh, profiled or uh, uh, made fun of, harassed, you know, because I'm a white Italian? Absolutely. I've said before, I've had Jewish people treat me more in a racist way than any black ever did. So we've all dealt with that, you know, but I'm not black. And I don't know what it's like to be racially profiled simply because I'm black all throughout my life. I'm not New Jack. I don't know what Jerry Lawler and his son did to him or treated him in, a, in the racist ways that he says they did decades ago. We cannot relate to that. And I'm not going to pretend and relate to that. Do I agree with what New Jack said? No. But on the flip side of it, and this is not defending him. And I think anybody out there, take a step back. You don't need to answer this publicly. But if you actually think to yourself, if you had hatred, deep, bitter hatred towards anybody, whether it's somebody personal, whether it's a uh, present or former president, which if you have deep hatred like that, something's wrong. But if you, if someone really, really hurt you or your family, really, really hurt you or your family, and you found out that that person died, you don't think that there's some people out there that would be like, good, to hell with him. Good. I'm glad he died. Good. I hope that family goes through misery. I hope you go through it. Of course, you're going to see people say and do that. This guy has had this hatred about racism for decades. I can't relate to it. All right, I could only think that if I had a deep, deep hatred to someone and I vowed that I'm going to get some type of revenge sooner or later, maybe not physically, maybe not financially, but maybe with my lips and talking, then when that person goes or that person has a tragedy, you know what I, you don't understand what I'm saying? It's not defending New Jack, but some people out there have an absolute deep, bitter hatred towards people because of something that happened or the way they were treated. And you can't tell me that some people out there who, who are black, who have been racially harassed and profiled, that have that hatred and maybe legitimately so for decades and decades, decades, and they f snap. You know, you don't understand what I'm saying? I mean, what, what New Jack said was wrong. You don't justify bad behavior with other bad behavior. I've said that a thousand times. All I'm saying at the end of the day is I can't relate to him. I have not been in that place yet where I hate someone so much that if so, if that person passed or, they, or that person had a tragedy, that I would sit there and enjoy it. But I will rehash a story that I have said a couple of times over the years, and I've talked about it recently on Breakfast Soup. When Sandy hit, Superstorm Sandy, when it hit, 
devastated this neighborhood that I live in. It devastated my parents' house. Brought to my father to, uh, to the verge of suicide. Okay, I've talked about this many times before. And when that storm first hit, everybody is in need of cleanup. Everybody's in need of plumbers, electricians, contractors, this, this, and that. And you will probably remember the story that I'm about to tell. That there was a guy that lived in this neighborhood that was an electrician. And when the storm hit, obviously he was in tremendous demand because people didn't have power. People's wires were wet. People's, you know, their their circuit breakers were all waterlogged and destroyed. So he was in high demand for help. Now, of course, when you're in high demand of something, sometimes you increase your prices a little bit. Just like when there's a threat of a gas shortage, you're, to get a gallon of gas might be an extra dollar a gallon. When there's a big surplus, the price goes down. So it was totally understandable that some contractors in the neighborhood might have increased their prices a little bit because there was such a high demand of what was needed. But what happened with one of my customers, an elderly lady and her son, the elderly lady needed work done on circuit breakers and some other stuff in the house. This electrician that lives in the neighborhood went to his house, gave her a particular estimate. This was after Sandy. She accepted it. She gave him half the money up front. He started doing the work. About two weeks in, he turns around and he triples the price, even though they had already come to an agreement. Was it in writing? No. But the point is, is that after this guy started doing the job, he tripled the price and he told her that if he didn't, she didn't pay it, that he was going to put a lien on her house. He went to the court and actually put a lien on her house. Her son came into my office and wanted to put a bullet through this guy's head. And I'm not saying that I'm the voice of reason and everybody comes to me for advice or this or that, but he came to me. You know, and told me what happened. And I said to him, the only thing I could possibly say, don't do anything. Don't ruin your life because of this guy. Don't put your mother through anguish because of this guy. Do not seek revenge. If this guy screwed you over, he screwed someone else over. And one day, someone else who may not have as much to live for or may not have all his, you know, his head screwed on right will extract revenge on this guy. And when you find out that this guy screwed with the wrong person and he got, you know, his coming to him, you could sit back and enjoy it. Smile through the eyes of someone else. And sure enough, about two years later, this guy did something similar to someone else. And the story is, is that he was on some type of like a telephone pole or utility pole making an adjustment to a cable. And somehow he lost his balance. He landed headfirst into the ground. He was actually in the hospital in serious condition for about, I don't know, a week. He can no longer work. And in this neighborhood, people swear to this day that he didn't fall off the ladder, that he had screwed someone over, they showed up, and they threw him off of the pole. So when my customer found out, he was smiling to ear to ear. Nobody wants to see anybody seriously injured almost to the point where they died. This guy is now screwed. He can't work anymore. 
All right. But this customer had such a deep hatred. How do you screw my mother over like that in the middle of Sandy where we lost almost everything and this and that? So at some points there is you would have a deep, deep, deep hatred. You want to gain revenge. I don't justify that. I'm not in that place. Most of you have never been in that place. We can't react to it. Do I agree with what New Jack said? Absolutely not. Am I going to sit here and just take the stance, wow, that's so messed up. The nerve of him, he's sick, he's demented, he's wrong, Sabu's crazy. You, you don't know. You don't know. And even if we did know, it's still wrong the way that they did it because you don't justify bad behavior with other bad behavior. That's that's one of the things. That's the, the tweet that is pinned on my Twitter. My father taught me that growing up. You don't justify bad behavior with other bad behavior. You don't do unto others as they do unto you. All right? I do unto others how I expect to have been done unto me. So what I said on Monday was not defending New Jack. But again, I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what that hatred from being racially harassed and and I don't know what that feels like. So I can't put myself there. And I don't think anybody out there should either. All right. If you're black and you relate to it, even if you relate to it and say, look, when, still what New Jack did was wrong. I respect that. I respect everybody out there that, you know, disagrees totally with what I said. But please don't put words in my mouth. I did not defend this guy. You can't it, listen to what we talked about on Monday again. Now we get into something else that has to do with social media as well. Twitter in particular. And this is now uh, trickled into the wrestling world, I guess you could call it. This past Monday, actually, if you want last week's breakfast soup on Patreon, Mission, I had an extended conversation about it. Uh, I'm sure by now you all know the scenario going on with uh, Marvel film director James Gunn writing tweets many, many years ago. Very, very poor taste. Very, very disgusting in some cases. But because of those old tweets where they were you know, jokes, which they were apparently jokes, that's what they were. No, I didn't see any criminal activity. I didn't see him actually being accused of anything he said, but it's still horrendous things to write. He was fired because of it. You have Batista and other actors and actresses standing up for James Gunn. I don't agree with what James Gunn said, but the fact that you have people standing up for him and sticking to their guns is refreshing because I, it's just so sad to see people stand up for themselves and because they get a little bit of heat, a little bit of criticism, they backtrack. They back, It's so lame. So I applaud everybody defending the guy, even though I don't agree with the guy wrote in the first place, but this is starting something else. And what people are doing is they're now looking at old tweets of everybody of importance, athletes, celebrities, politicians, artists, actors, actresses, film directors, movie directors, executives. People are sitting there trying to find the gotcha. When you have people on the left that hate Trump, when you have people on the left that hate people on the right, 
I, there are people on the left that are spending all their free time trying to find gotcha in old tweets. There are people on the right that can't stand people on the left. And they are spending their time going through old tweets, trying to find gotchas. And then you'd find in that there are people like, okay, you treat Roseanne like this. Why aren't you treating so-and-so like this? Why aren't you treating this person like this? Why are, do you know, if you're going to treat this person this way, then you got to do it the same way. And that's why, like I say, you know, I don't know what the outcome is going to be at a Mueller investigation uh, with Russian hacking, collusion, all that other stuff. But you got to be careful because if you really know that there was no collusion by Trump with Russia, it, you because there's investigations, it might uncover something that was done on the opposite side. Uh, and look, this is not turning into political. My whole point is, is sometimes when you want to start trying to find a smoking gun on someone and you start researching and investigating, unfortunately, you may uncover something that, favor, that favors the opposite side. And what I mean by that is Hollywood, for the most part, you call them the Hollywood left. And they're trying to find dirt and gotchas to people on the right. Well, unfortunately, in the midst of doing that, they may unfortunately uncover things on their same team. Then what do you do? So this is a very bad situation to be in. All right. I have had my share of tasteless jokes over the years. Does that mean I have malice in my heart? No, I just told a dumb joke. You know, just because you tell a joke, it's not only allowed by comedians. Anybody could write one-liners or say something online. And yes, there is some very dark and twisted humor. And some people will get a chuckle out of it. Some people will be like, wow, <laughs> that's, that's way over the top. Andrew Dice Clay is my favorite comedian of all time. I've been to his concerts way back in the day, sat front row. Guy said some twisted, dark, messed up humor. It was funny. Do I think in his heart that he hates gays or hates this or hates that? No. All right. But there is sick and twisted humor. Unfortunately, you know, freedom of speech is not freedom of the only the speech that you like or only the speech that doesn't offend you. It's freedom of speech. But the problem I have what's going on now, and this will lead to wrestling news, is the responses by actors, actresses, athletes, celebrities, politicians, anybody that has any worth to them other than regular folk like you and I, everybody's response is the same generic manufactured garbage. And it's not because they have a change of feeling and heart inside. It's because they're protecting their wallet. And this leads to Cedric Alexander and Ty Dillinger. Okay, for those that don't know what happened, they are the latest two who people uncovered old tweets about. Now, you may have heard me say this on Breakfast Soup weeks ago. You may have heard me say this on DTKC show a couple of weeks ago as well. You may have heard me say it on Monday that, Every person out there that is famous or has any type of network to themselves should be hiring someone to look at their old tweets and delete anything that is controversial or could be interpreted as controversial. Even if there was no malice intended, it was just a bad joke, get rid of it. 
So do I have any problem with Cedric Alexander deleting all his old tweets except for a couple? No, I have no problem with it whatsoever. What the problem I'm having is this generic response that's being thrown around. And I'll tell you why some of these responses are not genuine. Not genuine. And I'm playing devil's advocate right now. I don't want anybody to say that, that I have an issue with Cedric Alexander or Ty Dillinger or anybody else. But I want you to just take a step back and look at this a little bit differently. A couple of old tweets were uncovered between these two guys. And they were actually telling jokes to Ali and Sienna. Well, I'm sure you've heard women wrestlers in wrestling. They made some jokes towards those two. In 2011, 2012, they were joking about rape. Now, I don't recall Ali and Sienna getting upset about this because it was interpreted as just a dumb joke. Do I think Ty Dillinger and Cedric Alexander really wanted to rape Ali and Sienna? No. Do I think that they have fantasies of raping people even back in the day when they were a teenager? No. Do I think that they condone rape in any way, shape, or form? Absolutely not. So when you think about that, their response pissed me off, and I'll explain why. The jokes that were said on Twitter back in 2011 and 12. Ty Dillinger wrote at that time, it's not rape if they're sweet sleeping. That was a tweet that he had sent to Ali and Sienna. Cedric Alexander then wrote back, it's not rape if you yell surprise. Then in a tweet a little bit later on in 2012, he wrote, first of all, I yelled surprise, so it wasn't rape. Second, you squealed like a piggy and you smiled so you love it. And he sent that tweet to someone by the name of Jenny Blowen. All right, so that's what they wrote back then. Is it tasteless? Yes. All right, but think about this, and I'm really, 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 really serious of what I'm saying right now. Anybody out there with any level of intelligence, I think you'll see where I'm going with this. This is what Ty Dillinger wrote in his apology. I have no excuse for my old tweets. I was a different person six years ago, and I'm beyond ashamed at what I considered humor. I'm so damned embarrassed, and I'm truly sorry for anyone I've offended. Sounds pretty standard, you know. Cedric Alexander's apology, and I quote, Six years ago, I found humor in bad jokes. At the time, it was a harmless joke between friends. In those six years, I've become a father, a husband, and grown into a much different man. I have offended and hurt many with my past, and for that, I'm deeply sorry and apologize for my actions. Isn't it amazing that every athlete, every celebrity, every politician... Every person of value, other than, you know, non-famous people like you and I, every single person that has been caught has grown up. Every single person has progressed. Every single person has realized that is just terrible. 
Don't you find it amazing that only non-famous people can possibly regress? That every single one of them learned this is wrong. It's about the wallet. They told jokes to their friends. Their friends were not offended by it. Their friends did not tell other people about these garbage, terrible jokes. If you didn't have rape in your heart, if you don't have, if you don't condone rape in any way, shape, or form, and it was just a ridiculously bad taste joke that you told a couple of people back then, why are you writing, I am a husband and I have grown and I'm so much a different person and blah, 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 blah. You didn't mean what you wrote back then. It was a terrible joke. So when you hear these people say, I've grown, what have you grown? Then I'm not going to say a dumb joke anymore. What did you you've grown? You didn't have any malice in your heart at the time. You were just an idiot writing stupid things. I've grown. You've educated yourself. So now I don't write dumb jokes anymore. That's not grown. That's just maybe you realize, you know, it's a stupid joke. I mean, we've all tried to tell jokes online and you write a one-liner. You might write something about Roman Reigns. You might write something about something you've seen on TV. You might write something about a politician. You might write something about yourself. You might write something about a friend. You might write something about someone you don't like. And you, in your mind, ha, 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 this is funny. I don't mean any malice by it, but it's funny. And then you put it online, and nobody laughs at it. Nobody likes it. Nobody retweets it. And then you start reading it. You're thinking about it. You know, this eh, is is stupid uh, and you delete it because you realize it's a stupid joke what did that mean because you don't write a dumb joke anymore i've grown i'm a husband now i could see if their tweets back then harassed embarrassed made fun of gays blacks minorities the handicapped disabled a certain group of people and you learned and grown from that, that's different. That's different. You realize that you're offending a, a whole bunch of uh, a, a group of people or you're offending this or you just, that's different. Every single person of value, of net worth, anybody semi-famous or famous that's getting caught with these old tweets are giving the same generic excuse slash apology over and over again. They might customize it to include their marital status or their children and this, this, and that. And yes, some people truly did grow up. Some people truly. But there is a big difference between just telling tasteless, dumb jokes and actually having a, uh, a dumb, you know, naive malice in your heart at the time where you're making fun of a certain religion or a certain uh, gender or a certain this. They told dumb jokes to other people that fell flat. And you're coming into this big explanation. I've grown and I'm older and I'm married and I have kids. The fuck does that have to do with telling bad jokes? So you see these over-the-top apology excuses. And the more over-the-top they get, the more you realize that what actually are you doing? You're just trying to do damage control because you don't want to lose your job. 
You just want to do damage control because you don't want a snowball effect. That's what you're doing. You make this generic apology. That's not who I am. And you think you could move on. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And you see it over and over. And this is just the beginning, everyone. It's going to keep continuing. Now, I know what some of you are going to say out there. Don Tony, you've said a lot of messed up stuff in the past. Have you grown in your pot? Yeah, I've grown. And I've eliminated certain things in my vocabulary out of respect to people. But I'm not going to come up here. If someone found an old tweet, and I know what my old tweets are. I don't, I, I've never written anything online so outrageous that I have to worry about it. All right. Have I written things in poor taste and bad humor? Absolutely. Have I said jokes that have totally, totally fell flat as an ironing board? Absolutely. All right. But there's a difference between saying, look, I told some dumb tweets over back then. They fell flat. They were stupid. That, that has nothing to do with who I am then or who I am now. I told bad jokes. All right. You take the good with take with the bad. You know, I'm glad I told the bad joke. Because when I realized I told a bad joke, I realized, okay, I learned to not tell bad jokes. It's not about, I'm grown up, I'm married, I have a family. You're doing that because you want sympathy. Ah, he's married with children. Of course he grew up. He's 30 now. Give me a break. And, and now, look, I want to make something perfectly clear. Because I have to say this because I'm just realizing that this could be turned into a totally different thing. I'm not saying that Cedric Alexander... Well, actually, I did say this earlier. In no way, shape, or form do I think Cedric Alexander or Ty Dillinger ever condoned or loved rape or anything like that. They tried to be over the top with a one-liner dumb joke, and it fell flat. All right, but do I think in their heart that they're malice people? No, they. I don't think they ever were. There's been no signs of that. So the way they wrote these apologies was just way... If you really dissect it, a lot of it really does not have to do with the, anything to do with the fact other than just a stupid joke. You know, there's a big difference. You look at what the, that Atlanta Braves pitcher said. You look at what, uh, you know, they're making fun of certain genders, certain religious people, certain ethnic groups, all right? You're showing malice and hatred towards a group of people. That's totally different from a bad joke. Roseanne I wouldn't put in the same categories Ty Dillinger and Cedric Alexander because Roseanne offended blacks with the joke that she said. So not, not only did, if she would have just called Valerie Jarrett, you know, some ridiculous, you know, whatever, without offending the African-American community or religion or anything like that, people would have been like, wow, that was just a horrible, tasteless joke. And she'd probably still have a job right now, but it came off as racist. Anyway, let's move on. This Monday night, we get the Raw in-ring debut of Ronda Rousey. How many out there think this match is only going to go about 90 seconds? And I know what some of you are going to say almost immediately. Well, Don Tony, that's how long her matches should go. Yeah, totally get it. So, you know, for everybody out there that's really looking forward to this match, it's going to be nice, you know, challenge back and forth, back and forth. No, she's going to beat the crap out of Alicia Fox, and before you know, it's going to be over. But it's nice to see her finally start getting some matches on TV. Um, you know, you see her just throw these people backwards. You know, it's very, very quick 
So the quicker it is, the more the fans pop. Ooh. But you got to be a little bit more careful with those because you snap someone like that, you have something slightly off. You could injure someone pretty seriously. So I think as cool as it looks, how quick she snapped someone backwards, I think that needs to be tweaked a little bit. It's a little too sloppy in my opinion. I'm not putting Ronda Rousey under a microscope. I'm enjoying what she's doing so far. She's starting to fit in. She's doing well. Isn't it amazing? You remember when she first came in and they were trying to play off that all the women did not like her, that she's an outsider and she's a this, she that. I remember going on my show and saying to everyone, don't believe any of that nonsense. They're hugging in the back. They're training together. You saw quickly how fast that aspect of a storyline was evaporated, annihilated. They used the men in black thing to try to erase history that they ever even did anything like that. Ronda Rousey's one of the women now. She's I don't want to say one of the boys, but you know what I mean. So anyway, speaking of women's wrestling, this is a very big uh, story today. I don't want to call it a big news story, but the reaction to the news is what's big right now. Let's do it the... SmackDown women's title match at SummerSlam. It was supposed to be Becky Lynch versus Carmella. Ah, oh, Becky finally giving her a push. If you remember when I did my awards and we talked about it early this year, I thought Becky was the one that I felt was the most misused amongst all the women, WWE. So she's getting the match. They're finally giving her, you know, what she deserved. Fans acknowledged it. Fans appreciated it. Looking forward to it. She's getting a little bit of momentum, storyline on TV. And then Charlotte returns from injury yesterday. And what do they do? They put Charlotte in the match with Carmella versus Becky Lynch. And people are not happy. Has zero to do with Charlotte. People are not upset. Oh, Charlotte, she returns from injury. And they threw her right in the main event. People don't like the fact that Becky Lynch is not getting her one-on-one that people really wanted to see. When I saw that yesterday, and they made it through. Now, I'm not going to lie. I didn't see SmackDown yesterday live because I didn't finish DTKC show Monday night until 3 o'clock in the morning. By the time I put that show in This Week in Wrestling History online, it was almost 5 o'clock in the morning. And guess what time I had to get up? 6 o'clock in the morning. I had one hour sleep. So yesterday, I passed out early. You know, I kind of like missed out on a lot of little Twitter action that was going on as well. And I know some of you know what I'm talking about. So I was out cold. I did watch SmackDown, some of it late last night. I saw the rest of it earlier today. And when I saw that stuff with Charlotte being thrown into that match, you know my first reaction was, and I wrote about it earlier today on Twitter. Putting Charlotte in this match, I can't help but to picture this scenario. Will it happen? I have no idea. But if you follow... Carmella's entire women's championship run. You will remember that I had a segment on Brexit Blasi a month or two ago. It's on YouTube. Got a tremendous amount of hits and positive feedback from it. But her cheat to win, cheat to retain does not work for her. Now, some people tried to read too much into it and said, oh, yeah, Eddie's the only one to cheat to win, cheat to that. No, no, no. Any heel cheats to win. But with Carmella, you have Oscar, you know, getting in a, in a trance because she sees someone else wearing a mask. 
You have James Ellsworth return. You have, you know, Oscar getting her head thrown into a cage and this that. There has been shortcuts in every retain, re, re, uh, every retain that Carmella has had in her matches. All right. I know some people like Carmella. I know some people think she's beautiful. I know so it has nothing to do with beauty. She has improved from a couple of years ago. But Carmella as the women's champion, it's it's to me has been just a disaster. It's not believable. And I'm annoyed at Charlotte being put into it because this is the scenario I picture. Becky Lynch hits her finisher on Charlotte. We think Becky is about to pin Charlotte and become the women's champion. But either Becky is tossed out of the ring or after Becky hits her finisher, she's on the opposite side of the ring and Carmella is going to sneak up out of nowhere and steal the pin. That's what I see. And I hope that I'm wrong, but I can't help but to think that is the reason why Charlotte was thrown into this match. Hey, you never know. Charlotte could possibly end up winning. Becky Lynch may win anyway. Maybe Becky Lynch pins Carmella after all. I don't know. But I can't help but to be left with this feeling based on the history of the way they've had Carmella have this title reign it's if that goes down, not good, not good, and I hope that I'm wrong. Anyway, best wishes go out to Lince Dorado. Some call him Lince Lince Dorado. Some people totally botch his name. They call him Lince Dorado, which I've never used before. You know, Monday we did uh, the bus flip question. I gave 15 names. If I was forced to release 15 from the main roster, who would they be? And uh, Dorado was one of them. And if anybody follows my show over the years, there's been at least seven different times where I did a rant, totally putting someone down as far as their in-ring career, not happy with it, you know, thinking that maybe they should be let go. And then injury happens within a couple of days. There's been six or seven over the years. Now, that may sound like a lot, but, you know, going back to hotlines, I've been doing this since 1997, so it's 21 years. But once again, you know, Monday, talk about Dorado should be released. We just found out that he suffered a ruptured thumb, uh, tore ligaments in his thumb. He is in a cast and is going to be out till further notice. So, honestly, my... uh, Thoughts and prayers are with him for a speedy recovery, but he was on my bus flip list. So I want to shout out our new patrons. Shout out to Chris Harris, Anthony Bradley, and Andy Blanco. Uh, Two of you three, I think it was Anthony and Chris, I actually refunded you back your patron money. See, patron, if you sign up, you know, they will charge you the the first of every month. These three guys signed up a couple of days before the first. So they were charged twice. They were charged a few days before the first, then on the first. Me, I'm always caring about our Patreon family. I'm caring about everybody listening. But our Patreon family, since they are the ones that are keeping these shows free for everyone and keeping the bills paid and the lights on, and I really do mean that, you know, there's no way I'm going to let anyone get stuck and hit twice charge twice within a 
five-day span. So I went on PayPal early, and I refunded their second charge. This way they can enjoy Patreon for the month without having to pay for it. And trust me, if you've never signed up, sign up for a month. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. You'd be surprised, even if you sign up for one month, if a whole bunch of people do that, it really helps our expenses for the next X amount of months. And plus, when you realize the fact that we have hundreds and hundreds of hours of breakfast soup there, hundreds of hours of Castle Chronicles, giveaways, contests, I'm starting to vlog. I already put up the first Much Ado About Nothing. I'm going to be vlogging again in about a week or two. Going to be going back to my old stomping grounds. People want to see Scumbag Alley. People want to see certain things in my neck of the woods. People want to see yours truly cooking up some recipes. Some people want to see my podcast set up. Some people want to see my vintage newspaper collection. Some people want me to vlog about baseball, vlog about politics, vlog about whatever. So there's a lot of cool things coming. So really, if you sign up, there's so much there already, and you'll really help us tremendously. And uh, I want to thank Mish for all of his hard work because he is the one really directed me in the right direction as far as setting up vlogs, video, and, you know, I'm picking up myself one of these GoPros and uh, trying to, you know, have some fun with this. And it's pretty cool. So there's a lot of little things going on. So shout out to them. Uh, Also want to shout out our associate producers. I'll get into some now and some more in a little bit. Michael Cuomo, Daniel Warren, Razorback Rob, Brian Byrne, Rob McCabe, Douglas McKay, Marcus Antonius, Metaphysic Fox, Spider Lewin, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Frank O'Shea, Brandon Rice, Julian LeBlanc, Anna the Gay Banana, Douglas McKay, Merle Coombs Jr., Kenneth Hewlett, Russell Zavala, Tygsy Bowers, Chris Harris, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods, Rich Maharg, Adam DeMoy and Diogo Nobre, shout out to all of you. And thank you always for the support. It is so much appreciated. And once again, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Texas Podcast Massacre just put up a new podcast. If you're into horror films, you got to go out of your way to see this. Find them on YouTube. Rock Reviews, very unique, entertaining, you know, music podcast about rock music. They do it in a way like no other that I have ever heard. Sneaker Addict, DJ Dell's Sneaker Podcast. Sneakers! And he interviews famous people, and all they do is talk about sneakers. He's interviewed wrestlers. I did, did one with Kevin Nash. That is so much fun. Go check it out. And these are free shows. You could support them with their expenses as well, but check these out. Get behind them. They're really cool people. And what's awesome about what we plug, everybody is different. Elman Shah, this plate store is pop culture artwork on metal, subzerocomics.com for your wrestling comic book and pop culture collectible needs. Christ in the Toyverse, they have a podcast as well. They just reviewed my bobblehead, which was awesome. Thank you, Bob, for that. That was awesome. Your Best Bargains LLC, they got an Amazon store and an eBay store, so go check that out. Um, you know, Evolution is coming up. And there's been a lot of rumored names who are going to appear and just a little tidbit because I know this is going to get some publicity. Mark Henry did an interview over the weekend and Mark Henry said that he really, really hopes that WWE could get Gail Kim to participate in this event. 
He said it's not just about WWE, but the world of women's wrestling. And on a side note, yes, everyone, you seem to forget. I acknowledged the women of Impact Wrestling going overseas to Saudi Arabia or the United Arab Emirates way before WWE did. If you remember, when Sasha Banks is crying in the ring overseas, yours truly went on his podcast and said, you know what? Give credit to Impact Wrestling TNA because they were there first. All right? The women did have their own pay-per-view in TNA. The reason why I'm not bringing up the TNA women's pay-per-view or any other federation is because of this. And yes, it is nitpicking about words, but in this case, words do matter. Stephanie, as much as we criticize her, you know, using certain agendas, you know, to, you know, certain things to get her agenda over and her, the way she's handled certain things. When she announced this pay-per-view, she never ever once said that they were having the first ever women's pay-per-view in history. She's talking about WWE only. If she tried to take credit for other feds, that's different. Then I would be all over it. But Mark Henry wants this pay-per-view to feature women that not necessarily are on WWE contract. You know, yes, a lot of the legends are not under contract either. But she thinks that, well, she, he thinks that maybe you bring in, you know, someone who is not under contract with WWE, maybe under contract with Impact Wrestling, asking Impact Wrestling if they could appear for one night. He wants to see Gail Kim on this event. He brought up Jazz, would like to see Jazz come back, and I think that's fine. And yes, I think WWE is going to bring back almost every woman imaginable. I also feel that they are going to pay tribute to China. No one has brought that up. Have you noticed of the, everything about women evolution pay-per-view, have you ever seen anybody have any conversation that they need to do a tribute for China? I'm sure someone has said, you know, they got to mention China. But I think that they're going to give a nice little tribute to the women who are no longer here. And I know that, and this is going to lead to a question that I know because of what I just said, I guarantee you some of you out there are thinking about this immediately after I said that. Mula. Is WWE going to have the you-know-whats and mention Fabulous Mula? Do I think they will? Yes. Where else? Do you hear anybody talking on a podcast or anything saying about doing a tribute for China, talking about Mula and other stuff? They are going to acknowledge almost every woman you could possibly think of in history, living and deceased. Gail Kim recently did not have any kind words to say about WWE because people have asked her about evolution. And if you look up her response, it doesn't feel like she's going to be there. Monday, Mish and I talked about that poll that's on WWE's website right now. Kind of feels like they're trolling AJ Lee. Will AJ be there? There are going to be some women that are not going to be there. But Mark Henry is really, really pushing for some of these other women to show up. And it, it would be nice to see some women that might be contracted to a different organization. The, th the problem is, he mentioned Tessa Blanchard. Is Tessa Blanchard talented? Absolutely. Are there some men out there in the website and podcast world that are googly-eyed over Tessa Blanchard because of her looks? Absolutely. It's kind of lame 
to see some people, you know, really pushing some newbies in women's wrestling simply because they are attractive beyond belief. And this is not pointing fingers at any one person. I'm just saying in general, but you see it. You see it. I don't need to say it. But is Tessa Blanchard a household name? No. Will she be one day? Yeah, if she stays on the path she's in. So do I think WWE is going to bring every woman that has any little bit of support in the world, even though they're not mainstream names yet? No, they're not going to do that. But they're going to bring enough people in, and you'll see some surprising names there. So now we got SummerSlam, August 19th, coming up fast. You know, I'm not going to get into Raw again for Monday. Mish and I just had a wonderful conversation about it. You know, because we do the show immediately after Raw, I don't see the Twitter posts from like 11 o'clock on, and especially since I didn't finish till 5 o'clock in the morning. Had to go to work yesterday, came home, and around 7 o'clock, I think I tweeted to Mish about a GoPro and something else, and I crashed out cold for a couple of hours. Got up, went online, went back to bed. So, you know, last 40-some-odd hours, I really haven't had enough time to read online. But again, it's fascinating, fascinating to see grown adults, like, throwing in grown adults' faces that Roman Reigns got cheers Monday. Now... Just take a step back for a minute. Doesn't that sound like Groundhog Day? He got a little bit of cheers in one town, one state, and some people who are Roman Reigns fans throwing it in people's faces online that he got a little bit more cheers than usual, and then a week or two later, boot out of the building, and those people have their head between their legs. I mean, come on. Grown adults, he... This is pro wrestling. This is entertainment. All right? The man is supposed to get cheers. Sometimes he's going to get more cheers than not. If his character starts clicking and he starts developing, why would you be against him having cheers or him getting over? If you like wrestling, you don't have to like every single character. I'm not a Roman Reigns fan. And as I briefly mentioned Monday, and some people are hearing it now for the first time, on last week's Breakfast Soup on Patreon, I defended Roman Reigns and said he's actually a good wrestler for WWE. This is coming out of the mouth of someone who just can't stand seeing him on TV. I truly do other things. But, man, because he gets more more cheers than usual, he, come on. 15-year-old should be writing that. So... If you ask me, you know what they need to do with Roman Reigns? I know it sounds ridiculously minuscule, but I think it's important. Change Roman Reigns' look. Change his outfit. I'll tell you why. I know it sounds ridiculously small. I'll tell you why. Roman Reigns for the last four or five years has not worked out well. He has been given more opportunities, more consecutive WrestleMania pushes than anybody I could remember. Yes, 
there are WWE Hall of Famers who were in the top tier of WrestleManias year after year after year, but I'm talking about giving an opportunity and just falling flat. A lot of it's Roman Reigns' fault. A lot of it's WWE's fault. A lot of it's the writing's fault. But every time you see old footage of Roman Reigns, whether it's four years ago, two years ago, one year ago, five years ago, he has that same vest, that same look. Everything about him looks the same. If you're going to do a turning point with Roman Reigns, change his outfit up. This way, if they do change his outfit and he starts finally after all of these years doing better and people are starting to say, okay, you know, I still don't like him, but, you know, he's, he's finally starting to progress. Every time you see that new outfit, you'll click to now. You don't look at this stuff and be reminded of yesteryear, year, last year, year before year. Again, some people might be like, ah, that's a little trivial. It changes outfit. No. Believe me when I tell you, you know, changes outfit up. So his the current era of Roman Reigns, you can see clearly the difference because of the outfit change. Telling you, I know it sounds ridiculous. I wish WWE could hear this right now. Change his outfit. If he starts doing better now and could build on it, every time you see his newer outfit, you can associate it with Roman Reigns of now. Not a year ago, two years ago, four years ago. Just, It's just, look, this is an opinion show. You don't have to take what I said as gospel or fact, but that's what I would do. That's one of the things I would do. Anyway, your updated SummerSlam card for the WWE title, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. For the Universal title, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. For the Raw Women's title, Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss. For the SmackDown Women's title, Triple Threat Match, Charlotte versus Carmella versus Becky Lynch. For the Intercontinental title, Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler. For the Cruiserweight title, Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak. For the SmackDown tag titles, uh, it's either going to be The Bar or The New Day versus The Bludgeon Brothers. All right. This is a night of champions. But if you notice, every match is a championship. Yes, I know Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens is not a championship match. It's for the briefcase. But they need to add two or three more matches. And they don't even have on there the Raw Tag titles yet. They need to add two or three more matches that have nothing to do with titles. We'll see what happens. There's still plenty of time before SummerSlam. Um, you know, not much else I really want to get into. Actually, I do want to mention one or two things regarding Brian Lawler's death because Jerry Lawler did make some public comments. Before I do that, I want to shout out Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers, Charles Lentz, uh, croissant, salami, I know you had a falling out. I will definitely get that fixed for Monday. The evil baker and butcher. One of them is no longer with us. And I don't mean that literally. Billy Taylor, Nico Time, John Stern, Carlitos Ortiz, Carrera II, Asano Hashmi, Brent Webster, Brandon Goins, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, out in here, Anthony Smith, James Grusom, Mark Israel, Matt Militia, Jeffrey Collins, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Sean DeMarsh. Why did Mitch laugh so hard on Monday when he asked me, do I talk with my hands? 
I'm Italian. I'm one of these Italian. Yeah, that's something about me. I guess people don't know. I'm one of these Italians that talks with his hands all the time. So when I start doing these video blogs that the camera is on me, you're going to see me constant. I'm doing it right now and I'm not doing it intentionally. I talk with my hands. You will laugh. I don't even realize that I'm doing it, but believe it or not, it kind of like paces myself a little bit when I talk. In fact, I'm looking at myself doing what I'm doing right now and I look weird. I never ever thought about the fact I use my hands while I talk almost all the time. Now, if I'm laying in bed, it's a little different. Or if I'm driving, I don't. But I'm sitting here at the desk and I'm doing this show. There's nobody here. Nobody can see me right now. And meanwhile, I look like I'm doing sign language. To me, it's I can't wait for you to see this. Soon as I get the prescription sunglasses, I will do, even for 15 minutes of nothing, I will do one here and we'll just, you know, test the waters, test the video, and, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Shout out to our associate producers, Lucia Dalban, Danes Valdez, Maningo Chamberlain, Josh Wilson, Jason Pratt, Toby Deshong, Scott Woodford, Daryl Long, Anthony Tackett, CJ Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, and Donald J. Trump. And I didn't stutter or get anybody's names wrong. And by the way, have you noticed something this episode? Yes, it was intentional. Oh, you know what? I won't even say what it is yet. Let me, I definitely want to mention this really quick. A um, lot of mainstream news has picked up on the tragic passing of Brian Lawler. You know, Associated, Associated Press, Fox News, CNN, you know, all the news outlets. You had some local papers talking about it as well. And Jerry Lawler was interviewed on local TV in Memphis. And, um, he actually had said that, you know, they kept his son alive on life support in time for him to rush to the hospital because Jerry Lawler wasn't immediately in the vicinity at the time. What had happened was the sheriff's department, there's an investigation going on right now. Um, I will say this. I know Mish and I had this very passionate, detailed, excellent discussion Monday that I don't think you would hear on any other podcast. And I'm not saying that Bregan, I really, I don't know how many people would go that detailed and bring it up the way they did, we did. But one little tidbit that sticks out to me more than anything of the articles that came out in the last 24 hours. Yes, when he was arrested, this was his third DUI we already talked about him evading arrest, which was a felony. He had a revoked driver's license. He's had a lot of arrests in the past. And the one thing that stands out to me is one of the articles said that the court set Brian Lawler's bond at 40000 Now, in the past, I've explained on my show the difference between bail and bond. And I know some of you get annoyed when I bring up the inaccuracy of other shows and websites out there, but there is a huge inaccuracy floating around right now. How many of you out there have heard or read in the last 72 hours because Jerry Lawler didn't spend $40,000 to bail his son out of jail that he killed himself? That's not true. Bond was set at 40000 How much does a bond cost? For forty to get a forty thousand dollar bond, how much does that cost? 
costs between four and five thousand dollars. So yes, if you have collateral, some type of credit background, you could have walked into a bondsman, bail bondsman, spend four to five thousand dollars, get a forty thousand dollar bond, and he would have been out of prison. That bond is a guarantee that he will appear on his next appearance. So yeah, it's wrong to say because Jerry Lawler didn't bail his son out, he killed himself. But if you're going to go that route, you have to be accurate about it. The bond would have only cost between four dollars and $5,000. That's what makes this even worse of a tragedy. And again, I will finish up by saying what I said on Monday, today, and I'm sure we'll have this discussion again in the future. It's very easy to say that WWE is not doing enough. It's very easy to say Jerry Lawler didn't do enough. It's very easy to say other people didn't do enough. It's very easy to say that towards anybody who has committed suicide in the past. But the bottom line is, we're all adults. You can't force someone into being committed unless they're, you know, technically insane. You know, depression sucks. And a lot of us have depression, different levels of it. We've all at some point gone through some depression. Some people who are clinically depressed, you know, you can support them, you can call them, you can beg them, you can cry, plead, you can, you know, try to do everything you can to try to get them to go see, seek help. You can't force them. And there's no answer that could have possibly prevented Brian Lawler from committing suicide. I know it's easy to say, well, if he would have been bailed out of jail, then maybe they wouldn't have committed suicide. We don't know that. We don't know if he would have gotten even worse trouble with the law. Again, when you look at the Ric Flair situation, you look at Jerry Lawler, here are two fathers that handled their children two totally different ways in the end, and they both ended up with the same outcome. Yes, Reed Flair did not commit suicide. He overdosed. I said that several times on Monday. But you know, when you're an adult and you suffer from depression or an addiction because you're depressed, you have to be the one to finally say, I'm gonna get myself some help. You know, that's why when you read stories about what Sean Waltman overcame and some other people out there, you know, you, you don't just read it and say, Oh, well, that's a nice story. You know, they battle serious depression and overcame it that everybody overcomes it and unfortunately this is a tragedy that likely would not have been prevented you know it's a shame but what are you gonna do anyway we're done with this edition of breakfast with blasi i hope you enjoyed it i will be back in two weeks which will be august 15th uh, if you sign up on Patreon, I know Kev is going to do his Castle Chronicles tomorrow night, Thursday night, solo. Yes, he's doing one on Monday as well. You know, as I uh, said to a few people online yesterday, the audience on Monday is totally different than the audience on Thursday. It's going to be two totally different shows, but, you know, two weeks in a row, we wanted to bring our Patreon flagship shows to Monday to give you an idea of what we actually do. So I hope you enjoyed Breakfast Soup's edition of the DTKC show Monday. Mission and I worked very hard 
uh, you know, trying to entertain everyone and hope you all enjoyed it. We went, what, three and a half hours. So Kev will be back Monday with his uh, Castle Chronicles invading DTKC show. And then once again, like I said, I'll be back the following Monday, which will be the 13th of August. If you can't wait that long, next Wednesday, the 8th, I will be on Patreon with Mish doing your next installment with Breakfast Soup. Uh, this weekend... For patrons, I'll release episode 31 of This Week in Wrestling History. It'll be released to everyone else next Tuesday. I will tell you that episode 31 will finally be one of those episodes that likely only go two hours. A couple of big moments this week in history coming up. Um, The Abraham Washington thing, you know, it was a shame. All the history sites, you know, they're so politically correct now. Totally, totally ignored and removed all references about what happened with Abraham Washington. I got the edited and unedited audio. That will open up episode 31. But as far as big-time memories this week that require two hours of audio clips, episode 31 will be a shorter show for, for sure. But it will have some really, really wonderful memories that I know a lot of you forgot about. So make sure you tune in. So anyway, follow me on Twitter, at DonTonyD. Oh, by the way, I have a little tidbit I have to share with you after I say this. But follow me on Twitter, at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony at DonTony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC Show. And once again, Patreon.com slash DonTony. Shout out to Mish. Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Him and Joey Numbers doing Wrestling Soup. And they have a Patreon as well, so you go check that out. One little tidbit I'll leave with everyone. I know you didn't notice it. There's no way anybody noticed it during the show. But I actually was challenged to do something. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of proud of myself of uh, not slipping up even once. I did not curse once on this episode. Over the weekend, I'm not going to say who it is, But a very big podcast network out there sent me an email. Not saying that they're looking to bring my shows there or anything like that. But, you know, asked me if I was interested in possibly having some content on their network. And this person uh, gave me some advice, some suggestions as far as my podcast goes. And uh, we exchanged two emails And the last email, he said, I want to throw a little friendly challenge to you. I want you to do your solo show and not use one vulgar word at all. Because a lot of shows out there uh, do not use profanity on some networks. So is Don Tony becoming rated G? Absolutely not. But for this one episode, you know, I was, I like being challenged. I think you know that by now. I like confrontation. I like being challenged. I like battling. I like debating. I like being put against the wall. And really, that's why, if you notice, when people try to dare criticize the amount of work ethic I put in, or if I you know, feel that others want to try to play games, I amp it up a notch even more. So this person had a little friendly, uh, not a bet, but challenged me to do an episode without any vulgarity in it. I think the first time ever, not one curse word. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe sometime in this podcast I did curse. I didn't realize it, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. So anyway, 
I'm out of here, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the week. Be well. And I will catch you all again with Breakfast with Blasi two weeks from today, August 15th. Take care, everyone. Be well. Talk to you soon. Ciao. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.